That's right, guys. We're back for another episode of Bass Edge Radio. This December 1st episode is going to be another great one. We appreciate all of our listeners for continuing to download the Bass Edge Radio broadcast presented by MegaWare Keelguard. Be sure to provide us feedback through our Facebook page or our email address, support at BassEdge.com. Also, remember to give us a rating on iTunes in their comment sections to let others know how much you enjoy the show. Bass Edge is proud to be affiliated with MegaWare Keelguard, protecting your boat from debris and damage while managing a sleek look. Keelguard.com and other Bass Bass Edge supporters can make great Christmas gifts, but don't look too far as the fishermen in your family certainly needs the Bass Edge DVD set and can be purchased at our online store, BassEdge.com. Kurt, we are getting ready to wind down yet another successful year here at Bass Edge Radio. What do we have in store for them this go around? Aaron, well, I tell you, we've got another newcomer in our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight, and for now, I'll just give a hint and say that he's had some serious highs and lows this past B. BASS Elite Season. I look forward into diving into some of his past and, of course, how he likes to tackle wintertime fishing. Well, no point in keeping our listeners guessing for too long. Let's get after it. Bass Edge Radio begins right now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing from the Bass Edge Studios, high above Table Rock Lake in the Missouri Ozarks. Fall fishing has been a little tough here at Amistad lately. Really surprising to me. Um, you know, you, we've got the typical movements of fish in the in the backs of the creeks, and of course, I say fall down here at Amistad. Most of the country's stuck in winter already. Yeah, don't use that term fall because for the rest of us, you know, anybody that's north of which it's hard not to be north of Amistad, you know, certainly would classify it more as winter. And uh, the interesting thing is, Kurt, you know, you and I had a conversation the last week or so, several of them concerning just what's going on around the country and i found it very interesting that amistad is is just now kind of starting to turn on been a little difficult it sounded like but yet here in the midwest i know some of the lakes table rock for one has just been absolutely lights out on fire the shad are just unbelievable i mean i think jerk baiting and drop shotting this year is probably going to set new records and then I'm getting ready to actually hit another popular lake in the Midwest to actually leave uh, probably tomorrow for uh, the upcoming Central Pro-Am tournament that's going to be held on Lake of the Ozarks. So looking forward to that. That sounds a lot of fun. It's really interesting how different lakes can react oddball times of the year like, like this one. You know, we had kind of a, a fall here that was really an Indian summer. Here we are, you know, the beginning of December and our water temperatures are really just now solidly into the mid-60s. So, uh, you know, finally getting that 
that shad movement, still catching some quality fish. Don't get me wrong, but you know we're not going out there like you've been, you know, on Table Rock and really tearing them up every day by any means. But I think it'll be interesting, you know, as we move into the winter here at Amistad, you know, which is typically kind of mid to late December is when you really drive into that winter fishing time frame. You know, how those fish react seems like you know our water fluctuation has been so tremendous. We've had a lot of fish just suspending out there, and uh, they're tough to catch when they're out there being suspended like that. Boy, they are. It's almost like you can drop something in front of them. Maybe they'll turn on the bait, but they get in that funk, and it's just like they won't take it. You know, here in the Midwest, we've actually, we've had a lot of rain. Lake levels are up. A lot of inflow of, of new fresh water, which I think that has helped our situation. So I always find it interesting to compare and contrast on the different bodies of water. But, you know, that uh, certainly has not kept us from having to focus on what's around the corner, which is 2014 and Hard to believe, but we're knocking on the door. Yeah, obviously I'm doing a lot of guiding here at Amistad, but I'm already starting to think about those 2014 tournaments. And my early season tournament, hopefully, if uh, I can get into the BASS Central Open here at Amistad, is going to be right here on my home lake. So I'm really looking forward to that and starting all the planning process for next year from hotels to, um, you know, where I'm going to be, laying out my calendar. We're laying out Bass Edge plans for next year. So um, there's just a whole lot going on this time of year and it's a ton of fun because it's that anticipation that really gets me jacked up for what's going to happen in the future well and that's why we do what we do and you know it's say it all the time about uh, dr jay mcnamara you know he talks about having to be in the moment having to fish the current conditions and yeah that's what we want to focus on but here at bass edge like you said We've been busy planning for the 2014 season, and I'm not going to give away too much, but I can tell you, Kurt, very, very excited of some of the changes that's coming down the pipeline. I can't wait to get listener feedback because ultimately that's who the grade card comes from, our listeners. But you know what? Enough talk about what's going on with us. Brandon Palinuk is on the line, probably one of the most fan-friendly anglers, obviously extremely popular with the bass fishing fan base. I'm excited. Let's go see what Brandon has to say. At Legend Boats, we have one agenda, to build the finest bass boat on the water. It's our passion. Our hand-laid hulls and zero-tolerance stringer and transom system give you a smooth, dry ride, even in the rough stuff. The Alpha 211 with its massive fishing platform. The Alpha 199, fast and stable. And coming soon, the Alpha 191, a 19-footer with a style, attitude, and a price value all its own. Legend Boats, catch the wave, ride with a legend. More Bass Edge in 30 seconds. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine Products. Visit lucasoil.com. Hey, Bass Edge Nation, this is Keith Combs, and you are tuned in to Aaron and Kurt on Bass Edge Radio. 
There is no doubt we've got a clutch performer with Bass Edge today in our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. A young angler that has become a household name very quickly over these past three years. He's a Bass Edge rookie, so let's break him in a little easy. But welcome BASS Elite Series angler Brandon Polinick. Great to have you on the show, Brandon. Thanks, Kurt. I appreciate it very much. Glad to be here with both of you guys and uh, looking forward to a good show. Well, Brandon, we have heard so much about your accomplishments over the last few years on places like Bassmaster.com in regards to the Classic and Elite Series, and uh, kind of stumbling through the data that is out there, I found some interesting tidbits and uh, maybe less glamorized accomplishments within your pre-BASS Elite success, specifically on the FLW side as an All-American qualifier, co-angler winner, and ultimately a BASS Federation National Champ. And, you know, to me, those kind of last three things that we mentioned there carry a lot of weight because that's where a lot of us actually start at. And we all know, you know, kind of the competition level at the grassroots level. But can you dive into your story for our listeners regarding some of the background of your fishing in the high school and how it led you to kind of be, you know, thrust upon the scene in 2010? Well, the really interesting kind of background and not a lot of people know it, but when I started out here, you know, I live in the Northwest in Idaho. And so really the bass fishing scene, I mean, it's here, but it's not nearly as prevalent as down South. And there wasn't even any high school fishing when I was starting. We didn't even have a junior federation club for me to fish in. And that really didn't start until, you know, I would say a year or two before I qualified. And the year of 2010 was really, for me, my breakout year. 2011 was the year that I first fished the elites, but 2010 is really what started my year. And just a quick story is me and my buddy, we worked every day for about three months straight over the winter. You know, it's hard to bass fish up here when their lakes are frozen. So we just worked. And we came up with a plan that I'd qualified for a federation championship on the FLW side. Um, I think it was in April, and we just kind of planned a trip around it where we were going to take all our money, sleep in the back of the truck together. And I know as weird as that sounds, that's all we could afford, and that's what we did. I mean, we took off and fished, I mean, just about every tournament we could, and we were just about out of money uh, when I won my first co-angler event. That got us 20 grand. So then, heck, we just started fishing every open tournament we could find. We'd go into the tackle shop. Like, oh, yeah, you guys got any team open? Well, the next weekend, we fished one for 250 bucks and won 10 grand. And so we were on a roll. And then I came back home, bought a Tundra, drove back down, took seventh in the All-American that year, ended up winning the Federation Championship that fall. And that's what qualified me for my first classic in the Elite. Well, Brandon, that's to me is more than just fishing advice. That's an example of what you can do in life and kind of being a resident of the greatest country that's out there. You know, that could be a business. That's inspiration for a lot of different things. I had a dream, you know, and I wanted to go for it. And it's cliche as it sounds. I mean, it's that's what we did. I mean, we wanted to do something. And so we worked for it and then we just went out and did it. There's no other way around it. And especially for being up here. I mean, that was the only way that we could do it. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, 
to put it in perspective, I made more money in 2010 fishing just, I mean, all sorts of different random tournaments than I did my first year in the elites. It's interesting because you hear about people that take those chances. Obviously, in life in general, just as Aaron was talking earlier, I mean, it, it transcends obviously many segments of life. But when you just look at it, let's face it, you know, no matter how much you fished in Idaho, and I mean, when you came out and did this, you're like 22, 23 years old. You don't have a whole lot of experience. You're, you're coming from the Northwest. And uh, it's almost like it was meant to be. You know, there was there was somebody that was watching over you and your friend that took this trip. And then, you know, like you said, you were almost out of money. And, uh, man, it's just a feel-good story. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things, that not only that year, but just over the course of my fishing career that things have happened. And I really don't know how they happen. You know, if you, you look at them and you can explain some things, but you can't always explain the timing. You know, I guess I, I can explain a, a lot of the fish catches and things like that, but the timing of the way things work out, I don't always know on that. You know, so someone's watching out for me and I don't know. It, good. I think a lot of it comes from other things in life, you know, not just from fishing. For sure. Got to be living right for things to happen good. And, and I'll tell you what, we already took a step back. We'll take a giant step back. And that's going back to your high school days. You know, you were a big wrestler. You know, anybody that can, uh, you know, look at some things online can find out that you were wrestling a four-time state qualifier there in Idaho. Did you ever want to pursue that sport in college? What were your ambitions um, there? Well, I, I did a little bit. I started wrestling and was introduced to bass fishing about the same time at eight years old. And at that time, you know, and for most of my early career, it worked out great being from the Northwest because during the winter months is when we wrestled and during the spring and summer and fall, I could fish. And so, you know, I could do both and it worked out great. Um, but slowly over time, because I used to wrestle 10 months out of the year when I first started, you know, I'd fish here and there and it slowly evolved into wrestling less and less and fishing more and more. And I actually ended up not wrestling in college, even though I got offers to go to several other places to wrestle. I knew that I wanted to fish and I ended up wrestling in college at the local junior college here just for a semester so I could say that I qualified for nationals to wrestle and help them out. They had a gap in their spot. And I don't know, I mean, there's, to me, there's a lot of, correlation there kind of runs right into my next question you know, i'm kind of a sports junkie i grew up playing basketball and uh played in high school and played a lot of you know dabbled around with it in college and i went to a junior college in north carolina and then aaron you played tennis you know a lot of these sports people you know they get into this competitive nature and then they find fishing and, and they run to fishing because it's so enjoyable and it's such a neat game that we're all playing here you know i see some correlations i know aaron does do you believe that you know you're success and things that you did in wrestling have fishing parallels such as strategically and mentally there's no doubt i mean especially on the mental side and there's i'm a hundred percent believer that the mental side of what we do on the elite side separates the good from the bad i guess you know really there, there's no bad guys on the elite there's only 100 guys that qualify each year well i guess like 137 qualify now or something but really <laughs> just it's 100 guys that qualify. I mean, that's tough to do out of the several millions of people that fish out in the world. So when you get to the elite series, I explain to people all the time that mechanically, most everyone's on an equal level. You know what I mean? Most guys can cast where they want to and flip where they want to and understand how fish move, but it's the mental decisions that separate the guys, you know, between not cutting a check or cutting a check or 
making a top 12 and not making one. And, and wrestling for me was one of the most mental sports there was and still is but it's a lot different in fishing in the fact that during wrestling i knew that if i worked harder than everyone i wrestled i would win 75 percent of my matches just because i was in better shape and i could break the other guy mentally and that was my goal but in fishing there's no set stage you know when we're fishing in an uncontrolled environment against another living creature that has a mind of its own Honestly, I get outsmarted more than I outsmart them. I mean, anyone that fishes can probably say that. Oh, you but bet. There's, de- <laughs> there's definitely some correlations there that hold over and I guess really help me, especially on the visualization part. People think I'm crazy when I talk about that. But, I mean, actually visualizing going out on the water and catching them. I mean, visualizing all the way to holding a trophy at the end of the day. Brandon, we've heard that before, you know, when Takahiro won his classic there at uh, Lake Wiley, I think it was the year before he was with uh, Rick Klun or, or a couple of years before then. And, uh, you know, he visualized winning the classic by by picking up Rick Klun's trophy and holding it over his head during one of those Angler's Quest seminars that Rick did. So, uh, you know, not too crazy for me. The, the interesting part to me is is how do you imply that or, or how do you work that? Is that part of your regiment? Do you actually sit down in a, in a corner? and cross your legs and visualize those types of things or how do you implement in that process that's something that's different for everybody Uh, for me i like to be alone that's where i can clear my mind and think and sometimes it's just on my boat floating out in the water Um, a lot of times it's driving i can just turn the music up but probably for me the best time that i mentally focus is when i'm running and i think that's probably one thing that transferred over from wrestling is a lot of my focus would come from when I'd run. Like I'd just take off running and I'd be thinking and I wouldn't even realize how far I'd gone. Almost like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was thinking Rocky in the eye of the tiger. You know, yeah. you're thinking he's going to yeah. win. He's going to go to the big match. And, and he's, of course, visualizing those things as he's running up the stairs in Philly and, and raising his arms up at the top. But, man, that, that's gotten pretty deep. I appreciate you expressing those things. Aaron, what do you think? Brandon, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening as, as you're kind of walking through that, and it just strikes a chord with me of, you know, we've had a guest, a, a member of Bass Edge, which is Dr. Jay McNamara and, you know, author of The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. We've talked to him many times, but you hit on several of the things that's mentioned in his book. And, and one of the things that I've heard often in life is focus on controlling the things that you can control. And when you go back to wrestling, I really see tremendous correlation between wrestling. I'm not a wrestler, was not a wrestler, but I can tell you it is very much a strategy sport. And when you deal with wrestling, there are no timeouts. You have to make decisions. You have to react instantaneously or in eight seconds you might get pinned and the match is over. And I see your uh, growth, your evolution into the sport of fishing. That's kind of what you're dealing with out on the water. I mean, you don't have a coach that you can reference. You can't call timeout. You have to deal with the conditions that are given to you. There's a lot of correlation there. I mean, when I wrestled, the first thing I wanted to do was mentally break a guy because I understood how mental it was, you know, how important that was. And so I would shoot a double leg takedown. And my first goal was to not hit the mat because we would roll our mats out over the basketball floor. And so the basketball floor is hard when you hit. It's not nearly as soft as the mat. That's right. (laughs) You've been there? (laughs) I've been there. I'm just, I mean, I'd shoot a takedown on the guy and I'd just take off running. I'd run my feet and I would aim for the hardwood. Sometimes I'd get in trouble, but when you landed a guy on the hardwood versus the mat, 
he knew you were there to play. But station, you, you can't do that. You know, it's, there's not that physical contact, so you have to do it. I mean, I guess kind of over time, but that mental thing, that's a daily work in progress. You can't take a day off from that or else you go backwards. Well, hey, guys, that's some great deep stuff. And again, Brandon, appreciate you sharing that. Let's kind of change focus a little bit and move into some fishing stuff. <laughs> you know, something we're all obviously very passionate about, which includes all those things we've discussed. But, uh, you know, it's not often we get a chance to chat with a Northwesterner. You know, you've had some great anglers coming out of there. You know, Jay Yellis, Luke Clausen. I remember Bink DeSero fishing on the Elise series. And, and I'll take a real splash back and, and throw Daryl Burkhardt out there. You know, guys, Daryl was the first angler to ever have a huge not endemic. His sponsor was Bowflex. That was pretty cool. Hey, I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> you ever use it, though? That's, I didn't say that. I just said I had one. <laughs> so, Brandon, got a quick question. Growing up in Idaho, first, do you get a wet line in the wintertime? And, and then how do you go about, you know, looking at strategically the fishing that time of year, fishing in the Northwest? I do get to fish a fair amount. I'm very fortunate up here that we've got a lot of different species. You know, even when the bass start slowing down, they can get tough this time of year. I mean, you can still catch them. You know, there's a good mix of smallmouth and largemouth up here. And you know, we've got a lot of grass, so you can still catch the largemouth up shallow in the grass. As long as that grass stays green, those fish will go there. You know, so I catch a lot of them, you know, throwing liquid crankbaits on the edge of the grass. But when it slows down, a lot of my fishing goes to other species this time of year. And we'll go walleye fishing and lake trout fishing. But when we do it, we fish just like we're fishing for bass. I mean, we'll drop shot for lake trout in 180 foot of water. We'll use our electronics and we'll find them and you drop down on them and we watch them eat it. So then you get a lot of practice there. And when we go walleye fishing, we're throwing blade baits and Berkeley gulp on jig heads. And at night we throw swim baits, seven, eight, nine-inch swim baits. All right, I got to ask, 180 foot, braid or floral? Uh, braid. I use the exact same setup <laughs> that I use when I'm bass fishing. Same thing okay. I do with the same one. Cool. Well, hey, Brandon, quickly before we head to break here, during what limited time that you have actually at home or what I would consider off time if there is such a thing in the sport, what are you doing during the winter months to become a better angler? Yeah, that goes a lot back to the mental side. Take some time off and kind of get refocused. We have such busy schedules out there on the road that it's nice to be able to come back, get your tackle in order. I mean, you throw a few thousand dollars worth of tackle in the back of a ton and drive around the country for 10 months and pull it out when you get home it's in an absolute disaster looks like a tornado ran through there so pretty much you have to go back through figure out what you need to reorder for the next year and get your mind back right and get your competitive edge back where it needs to be and get revamped for the next season yeah certainly a great time to reflect on good and bad performances and how you can you know even for myself turn poor performances into good performances and turn good performances and the great performances. But I tell you what, Brandon, we're going to get into some more bass fishing tips and techniques in a moment. But first, let's take a short break. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Whether you're on the road, on the water, or in your backyard, there's a super start battery when you need one at O'Reilly Auto Parts. From car batteries to batteries for your lawnmower or boat, every super start battery comes with a nationwide replacement warranty. Starting power, starting performance, and starting reliability, super start batteries available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron Martin and Kurt Dove. 
are back on Bass Edge Radio, presented by MegaWare Keel Guard with pro angler Brandon Palinip, back for our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil high-performance marine products, from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Brandon, we're hovering here at the beginning of December, basically late fall and early winter in much of the country. Let's talk about some more strategies you'll have hitting the water over the next couple weeks in the northwest u.s one of my favorite techniques to do up here i think it gets overlooked a lot of times is the fact that a lot of our fish will pull off and suspend you know the lakes around here that don't have a lot of grass and more specifically the smallmouth will start to move out to deeper water you know they'll get on long extending points but i look for points that have very steep drops on the sides or at least one side of the long point has a steep drop and that's important because those fish as the water starts to get cold up here they want to have a almost vertical drop because that's easier for them to move up and down in the water column without having to swim very far and their metabolism slows down they don't have a lot of energy so if you can find those on your electronics you know places like that look at your navionics chips and target those areas you know specifically places that typically go out towards the main river channel or out towards the main lake and i'll get out there i'll idle around until i find bait and usually you'll see the fish underneath the bait or even if i don't see the fish and there's bait relating to a steep drop i'll pull out an old school rapala jigging wrap something about that in the winter catches fish and if those fish are suspended i can drop that bait down there it gets down quick but it's got such an erratic action that even if they're not in a feeding mode i can draw a lot of strikes because that's one of the biggest problems is when the metabolism slows down so much up here that it becomes a timing issue you know they only feed at certain times of the day and it's usually a very short window so you have to have something that has somewhat of an erratic action like that to create those bites. So when I find them closer to the bottom, I'll throw a blade bait usually and catch a lot of fish that way. Kind of tagging on to what you said there concerning the specific actions or motions, are you depending upon the bait to provide the action or are there things that you do self-inflicted into the bait to try and entice additional strikes or reaction to the bait? Most of the baits I choose are in a direction that I want to go, but you have to add movement of your rod to create that, you know, like the jigging wrap. That requires quick snaps of the rod tip. That's going to allow that bait to dart side to side. It looks really goofy when you hold it in your hand. I'll be the first one to admit <laughs> that. But when you tie it in the water, and, I mean, it's got these weird, like, thin things coming off of it, and you're looking at it. It's just a weird-looking bait. But in the water, it darts side to side. It looks like a dying shack. It'll dart way off to the left, and it falls back down. And then you jerk it again, it darts way off to the right. You can actually watch it on your electronics and watch the fish come up and eat it. And the blade bait's kind of the same thing. I mean, I'll do quick snaps of the rod. That lifts that bait up, creates a lot of vibration, and then it falls quick. And so those fish will follow it. And when it jerks up above their face and it falls right back down on their nose, a lot of times they don't have a choice but to eat it. And you better yeah. hang on. <laughs> That's <laughs> you right. better hang on. Better be worn lots of warm clothes because it most likely it's going to be cold. And usually it's best when it's snowing and blowing 
like 20 miles an hour. Right. One thing that I found it sounds very similar in, in your lure selection is any kind of bait that has a tight wobble, you know, in those cold water months seem to be very effective and uh, seems to parallel several of the selections that, that you provided there for our anglers. So uh, that's a great tip. Anglers, you know, you're going out fishing this winter, make sure you use those tight vibrating baits, something that'll hang out there long and you can be jacking some fish like Brandon does up there in the Northwest. So I tell you, Kurt, another great tip is uh, make sure you've got your life preserver on at all times in the cold weather. Well, good deal. We don't want to lose anybody, that's for sure. But it's time for a drum roll because we've got the O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question. I think we're going to have a little roundtable on this one. Uh, this question comes to us from Mark Hacharik from Westlake, Ohio. Mark asks, my question for the guys is, do they find more and more pros touting baits they actually use or sponsors baits? Very tough question. Might need a dip diplomatic answer go ahead brandon <laughs> that is a tough question but for me it's very simple when he asks you know are we touting baits that we actually use or sponsor baits to me those are both the same thing i'm using my sponsors baits because i am going to promote a product that i believe in first and foremost for me that's very important, you know, because I'm not a good liar. I mean, there's no way around that. I'm not very good at lying. So that's a, that's a good had, trait. That's a good trait to yeah, have. I'm not a good liar. So I can't go out there and tell people, oh, yeah, I'm throwing this and this and then throw something else. So, I mean, for me, I'm going to be throwing my sponsor's baits. I'm going to talk about them. Always been that way. It makes my life a lot easier when I don't have to worry about, you know, am I throwing it the right thing or not? I just throw what I want to throw, and it happens to be my sponsor's bait. For sure. And and I'll parallel that with, you know, sometimes there's, you know, a bait selection. Like for me, for example, you know, I'm, I work with, you know, I'm a lures and El Grande lures and Boat US and, and obviously other sponsors. But there'll be a specific bait or type of bait that's not called covered in what my sponsor profile is, but um, that doesn't mean I won't use those other baits. Let's take a beaver, for example. I might throw a beaver and flip it some bushes and catch some fish and do well in a tournament with that specific lure, but, you know, when I get up there on stage, I'm just going to talk about, you know, flipping, you know, a beaver-style bait. I'm not going to talk about, you know, a specific type of product that it came from, but whereas if I'm catching them really good on a lipless crankbait saying I'm a rockin' vibe, then of course I'm going to say an I'm a rockin' vibe and hot crawl and we can utilize that to promote the sponsors. And I think that's probably what most guys are accustomed to doing. Although no matter how many sponsors we all have, we probably don't have every lure covered in our lineups. The cool thing is, you know, you listen, all the guys on tour, you know, a lot of us have different sponsors. You know, Kurt's got, I'm a Nel Grande and, you know, I'm Storm and Rappel and Berkeley and, the cool thing is is that we both catch them. It doesn't matter what it is, it comes down to having confidence in it. And that's the cool part is the guys that are sponsored by Bates are usually sponsored by those because that's what they threw before they were sponsored. You know, they approached them most likely. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brandon. I can tell you from the media side and, you know, as we sit here recording this right now, after doing 173 of these episodes and I've been involved in every one of them, we've had a ton of guests, you know, you guys that make your living, you and Kurt, for instance, on tour, your business people, you are going to align yourselves with sponsors and if they happen to be bait companies, tackle manufacturers, you're going to align yourselves with people that not only make good baits, but culturally 
they are a match for you. And most people, the way that media is today, as many cameras as what we have into the boat, it's not like the old days to where you can go out and catch them during the day. You're by yourself or maybe you have one person with you and then you get up on stage and you can tell this fib or this story. Eventually that's going to catch up with you. If for nothing else, just from an integrity standpoint, that doesn't work long term. And I think, you know, the whole premise of Bass Edge has been deliver the education, your information becomes extremely credible. We had a lot of people in the early days of Bass Edge because we were so shying away from talking about specific bait manufacturers that people were emailing us left and right about baits that were used on the television show because we didn't really necessarily talk about the specific brand but more about the bait class or classification. So I think in regards to Mark's questions, I think both of you covered it very well, but I think that's the added piece is most of the times you guys are going to be using things that you have confidence in and just so happens that guess what that's going to drive sales for the company so brandon thank you for assisting in our o'reilly auto parts listener question mark harcherick from westlake ohio please contact us via email and let us know you heard your question on the show to redeem your 100 dollars o'reilly auto parts gift card and bass edge listeners please continue to submit your listener questions through our email support at bassedge.com with your name hometown and question you can also post them on our bass edge Facebook page or tweet them to at Bass Edge. When your question's chosen to be answered on the show, let us know you heard it and you'll become a $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts winner. Well, Brandon, just want to thank you for being on the show today. Such a, just an inspiring story and I feel just earning the respect of many of our listeners. Any uh, final closing thoughts before we let you back at it today? Yeah, I'm just going to let you guys know that I'm all over that $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. So you guys <laughs> might see a whole lot of emails. You guys see a lot of anonymous emails at Bass Edge. Those are probably mine because I want that $100 gift card. So beware of that. Really, I guess, for the people out there listening, you know, focus on that mental side. You know, that's something I think that gets overlooked so much, not just in the world of fishing, but in life. And, you know, I don't care if it's a business, entrepreneur, or anything. And I always tell people, you know, keep your dreams in front of you. Think about that on a daily basis. If you have a dream, go for it. I mean, that's one thing that we take for granted that we're able to do in this country. Well, hey, Brandon, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Very intriguing interview. And uh, I think all of our listeners are really going to enjoy it. Bass Edge Radio, we'll be right back. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Hey everybody, I'm Justin Lucas. 
I'm Jason Christie. This is FLW Tour Angler Brian Thrift. I'm Kevin Hawk, BASS Pro Pete Ponds. This is Skeet Reese, and you're tuned in to Bass Edge Radio. a great interview with Brandon. Super happy to make him a part of Bass Edge Radio. And, uh, you know, a lot of cool things he talked about. Most interesting to me, some of the, the multi-species stuff, you know, going on up there in the Northwest. That was pretty cool that he gets out and, you know, kind of targets other fish during the time frames when the bass fishing isn't that great. Just to kind of keep his skills moving, stay out on the water when he can. And, and uh, then, of course, you know, you get into that mental side. It comes up here so much at Bass Edge. And uh, obviously, Brandon's got some things figured out in that arena no doubt and uh, again just a reminder of how important the mental side is and i tell you something else never want to wrestle against brandon as uh <laughs> i'd rather be on the mat than on the hard stuff but you know what kurt quickly before we shut this thing down give me your top baits that you have tied on this time of year well i tell you what down here in the southern part of the u.s you know it gets into the winter time here in december but uh still looking for a lot of reaction bites um you know water temperature typically right now is going to be in the low 60s maybe high 50s so for my hard bait selection i'm i'm a all the way through the course but i'm going to go with a lipless crankbait on one rod and then i'm going to go to a flit which is a jerk bait on another rod and that's going to help me catch some of those suspended fish and then when i get into that mid-depth to deeper zone i'm going to go to you know a deeper crankbait like the beast hunter then when i'm really dragging or, or trying to work the area slowly with slow moving baits i'm going to go with it all tried and true texas rig um, probably have some kind of big worm or lizard like a el grande gill monster on there and then of course the football jig you gotta have a football jig tied on this time of year it's just an awesome bait generally sticking with that three quarter or half ounce size for me is going to be dictated by how much wind is associated with a particular day that i've chosen to fish how about you aaron absolutely i would echo your uh, football jig strategy certainly having a jerk bait nothing more exciting then throwing a jerk bait down a bank over those timbers where the bass are suspending right above the timber line. Also, I'm going to be drop shotting that homemade jig that I've talked about so many times, that feather jig that I had the right. fly fisherman tie, but also got to have the spoon. Cannot forget the spoon in the Highland Reservoirs, clear water, and uh, Brandon kind of hit on that in his interview. But you know what? We are, unfortunately, out of time. That must mean it's time to get out on the water and try some of the things that we've talked about. But as always, thank Thanks for riding alongside of us today. Also, a shout out to Brandon Palinick for his advice and really just a truly inspirational story. Don't forget, final reminder, to send in those listener questions. For Kurt Dove, Steve Leslie, Matt Wilson, Walter Moore, and the rest of the Bass Edge crew, I am Aaron Martin. Have a great week, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge.
Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.